Sons of Scotland, I am William Wallace. William Wallace is seven feet tall. Yes, I've heard. He kills men by the hundred. And if he were here, he'd consume the English with fireballs from his eyes and bolts of lightning from his arse. <laughs> I am William Wallace. And I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men. And free men you are. You're listening to Casual History. Jeffrey. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Casual History. We started this one a little differently. We did. On our end, there's no intro. Mainly because I wanted to see if you could guess what this whole podcast is going to be about right now. You want me to guess? Yes. I want to play you <laughs> something and you have to guess what it is and you're going to know immediately because I think it's going to be funny. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> you ready? Play the sound clip. Let me guess. Braveheart. <laughs> yes <laughs> is it right yeah we're doing on william wallace <laughs> okay that's my that's my whole character deep dive I just, uh, that music man it gets me every time anyways nice. i just wanted to start off the podcast that way i don't know why okay i thought it'd be fun no and intro yeah I've, I've definitely got some uh little clips here too i don't know when i'm gonna use them or if i do but uh okay <laughs> Jacob brought in a soundboard for those what he's discussed. We- and the rest of you will be spared. Okay. Go back to England and tell them there that Scotland's daughters and her sons are yours no more. Okay. <laughs> nice. So you see where I'm going with this. You're gonna be you're going to be very much <laughs> interrupting my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, interrupting a lot. Okay. But are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, cool. I you got a soundboard today. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll see. Um, he kept this a secret from me f- this whole week. He didn't want to tell me what it was. About. Just for fun. Just for fun. Just so you could find out just like that. Just so he could find <laughs> out that um, it was William Wallace through a soundboard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> are you not Are you not entertained? Are you not happy I am with entertained. That? Okay, good. Um I just hope I don't have to hold this microphone. Can you grab grab this real quick? Oh, yeah. Oh, Tighten gosh. that up. Okay. Um, as he's doing that, oh, I want to just say sound. thank you guys for um, we our, our follower mark on Spotify has really hit a new high. Has it? I mean, I of course, every new day is going to be a new day. high. So, but for us, it's pretty, it was a monumental step. Um, so over 600 people oh, wow. on Spotify alone that follow us. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, just thought I'd make that a note to mention. Heck yeah. And uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into today's podcast. Bring right. it on, Jake. Let's do it. So what do you know about the story of William Wallace, Jeffrey? I know Braveheart. That's all I know. That's is, it? Is that accurate? Uh, some things, maybe. Some things. Dramatized? Probably. I know he is, he's like one of those figures. Again, it's all from the movie. Yeah. Um, is it true? I'm finding that most of our history knowledge is from movies in general. 
That makes sense. It I'm doesn't not, it? I didn't really do a lot of history uh, deep dives before this. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, outside of casual conversations or maybe a book or two. That's true. Um, my, rem- my remembering of the movie was his girlfriend or wife at the time mm-hmm. got murdered and it kind of sent him on a rage to destroy England. <laughs> <laughs> and the story of William Wallace. That's, that's it. Podcast like, over. That's what I know. No. Uh, see, there's like there's like a little glints of truth, but also it's a lot more murky in real life because that is a movie. And these well, yeah. movies are based on stories and legends that are passed down. Uh, so we don't really know the complete truth, but this podcast is about finding out what we do know. That's right. About That's William what casual Wallace. history is about. That's right. Just a casual conversation. Just very casual. Do we have to reiterate our brand real quick? We don't have to. Okay, go for <laughs> I it. I think then. we just did, actually. Okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyways, all right, you ready to start? I'm ready. Okay. So my story starts off with, on the, ni- on the night of the 19th of March in 1286, it was stormy outside, mm. and the Scottish king, Alexander III, had been partying at a gathering at Edinburgh Castle, when late into the night... Most likely very drunk, he ignored his courtier's advice and insisted to go home to Kinghorn on the other side of the third or fourth. So, yeah, so we're, we're starting off with the story about the Scottish king. And he partied too hard. He did. And he was drunk and said, I want to go back where? Yes, well, back home. Back home. Right. And that he said, night or the... That the, night, in the wow. middle of a storm in the dark. Smart. Yes, exactly, right? I, th- I thought that was smart. Great move. Uh, he had just married a very beautiful princess, half his age. You're smiling, so it makes me think there's something that's about to happen here. So in the driving rain and suffocating darkness, he set off along the coastal path to his bride. Okay. Okay. But the weather was, whether it was a midlife crisis or a normal desire to perform his kingly duties, it was the death of him. Hmm. So he never made it back. Uh, somewhere along the way, his men lost him, and his horse stumbled and fell. Later, one of them found him with his neck broken. Fell off his horse. Yes. And they actually have a little, like, monument I saw in this documentary. They have a monument of it. And it literally states it, like, we know why he died. It was because he wanted to get with his girl (laughs) (laughs) while he was was drunk. Yes. Like, late at night, got really drunk. It was like, I got to go home to my wife, guys. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's dark. It's raining. I don't care. Wow. So, and it ended up being the death of him. Things people will do. I, I just side note, uh, side note. I wonder how many people have f- fallen from a horse mm. and died. Just from that alone. <laughs> just a random. <laughs> That's probably worth the curiosity. Google. You can probably Google random that. curiosity. Why don't you Google that while I continue my story? Because you know how important horses are and were in our history. Sure. <laughs> like, like how it's like car crashes, right? Mm. I don't know. Is that a bad comparison? Is I that don't know bad to say? A, I don't know if it's the same comparison. Okay. Anyway, we can continue <laughs> on, but that was a f- weird little thought I had. Yeah. Well, why don't you Google it? I'll Google it. Go okay. ahead. All right. Uh, so, with Alexander's only heir that also died, Scotland was thrown into chaos. So, basically- Wait, his heir died? Yeah. So, his heir died later. With him? Or no? Not with him, but Just later. later on in life. Yes. But he, w- with both of them dying, it kind of threw Murder. Scotland into chaos, right? Um. Powerful rival factions took arm against the country and slipped towards civil war. It was a land without a leader, right? So just set in the stage. Yeah. So what was happening? Um, a king was going to have to be chosen. Obviously, God usually picked the kings, but there was going to have to be some human intervention here. 
Uh, it couldn't happen within Scotland because that would imply that the Scottish nobility was superior to the king. It had to be a great international figure. Uh, huh. And Edward I, Scotland's nearest neighbor, uh, with his great reputation in Europe, was just the man to do it. Hmm. Um, but it turned out, I think they asked the wrong man. <laughs> um, Edward was fir- Edward I was a ruthless expansionist. Okay. He had already annexed Wales and Ireland, and the crisis gave him his chance to bring Scotland into his empire. Right. Um, so just another power-hungry guy. That's right. Just another... I want everything. Yeah, another history-filled, uh, yeah, ego. It gotcha. always starts off good, right? It's always good for those guys. Yeah, I mean, they always end up on top. <laughs> for sure. I mean, for a period of time, they actually do. For a small Most period. Most of these but people. But it never turns discuss. out long run. Well, they all, everyone has a death, Jacob. <laughs> but everyone's got to die sometime. Agree to disagree. What are you laughing at? Because he was powerful. What's the debate there? The he debate was, is he didn't get what he wanted, which he wants. Anyway. I think did it. What did he not get? What he wanted for a period to rule of time? the world? Did he want to rule the world? I don't know. I, I thought mean, he just wanted uh, <laughs> Ireland. I think at this point, all we know is that he wanted Scotland. Scotland, as well. sorry, yes. not Ireland. Uh, but under the pretext of preventing civil war, Edward took control of Scotland. Okay. Um, at Nor- uh, Nordstrom Castle, he made the Scottish nobles acknowledge him as his feudal overlord. The medieval equivalent to the Mafia Dons acknowledging a supreme boss. It meant that when John Bailey was named king, he was Edward's puppet. Okay, so took technically took control of the land, he put did. in another guy, but he was a puppet. Yes, under false pretenses. Just yeah. trying to say, hey, well, I'm just trying to prevent you guys from falling to pieces here. I'm going to come in, take care of you guys. And uh, then when the next guy rose, it was like, okay. Yeah, he annoyed really the king. Him. Yeah. But it was because he was annoyed to him, they kind of pledged loyalty to Edward anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess if he comes in and kind of tidies things up in the meantime, he might want to follow <laughs> that guy. Right. Didn't seem like a horrible thing there so mm. far, but we'll see. Uh, while the Scottish nobles caved, uh, caved in, the common people remained defiant. Resistant leaders emerged from nowhere. Although Scotland's spontaneous attacks on the occupied forces uh, throughout Scotland, there mm-hmm. were spontaneous attacks. Yeah. Uh, it was about this time that the tales of a fierce young man named William Wallace began to circulate. Um, dun, one, dun, dun. Yeah. You ready for a William Wallace story that was passed down? Uh, one typical story was of Wallace fishing at a nearby river when five English soldiers soldiers showed up to and demand shoulders. his catch. And shoulders. And shoulders. Ten shoulders, then. If there's five... Sh- Soldiers, there's ten shoulders, Jake. Is it one shoulder? <laughs> Wait, I think we'd count <laughs> Do you left count them shoulder separate? and right shoulder. They're separate. Different, different conversation. <laughs> so ten shoulders, five soldiers, five soldiers showed up <laughs> to William Wallace yeah, while he's demand fishing. his fish. Yeah, it's our that fish. He just now. caught. Yeah, it's our fish. You just fish it out of our river. Yeah. Um, of course, Wallace turns to the men and tells them they have to be joking. Yeah. Uh, in shock. But in good nature, he decides to give them half anyway. Aw, good guy. See? Not if... Well, we'll see. Uh, The English soldier, who was angry that Wallace even uh, tried to negotiate with him at all, kind of got angry. And so he decided to attack William Wallace. Yeah. Um, So when he lunged at Wallace, Wallace uh, basically quickly parried his blow, took his sword, chopped off his head. He also killed two two other soldiers... Mm-hmm. And the rest got away, so that's like one of the one of the stories that was like mainly told. One v five, he took out three. Yeah, without a scratch on him. Yeah, 
Good odds. It's William Wallace. <laughs> it's, it's William Wallace. That's and so the legend was born. That's right. Um, interesting. Yes. Can you imagine? Well, I I feel like I see sh- sword fighting. I'm sorry to keep going on tangents. You're okay. But sword fighting. Like I see the fencing nowadays. Mm-hmm. I, have you ever watched the Olympic sport fencing? Yes, fencing. I have. It looks very intense. Actually, I'm not saying sword fighting is completely like that, but it's pretty similar. I would think. Mm. Like when you're like in a full on battle, and those things go quick. You get stabbed if you're really good, and they're both really good. They still get you know touched. Pretty within like five seconds, like the timer is short. So yes. I can only imagine if you're good with the sword back then, like those fights are like 20 seconds, I would uh, imagine. Like they're just bang, bang, bang. Sure. But There's also, not really one an of the extended more, fight. One of the more popular think. weapons was a longsword, though, which those things were incredibly heavy and it took a lot of force to swing. But if you, if you connected, yeah, you were breaking through anything. Well, can you imagine trying to stop a long sword like within reach of you? Like, can you imagine trying to stop it with your own sword? No. Like the, the extended <laughs> attacks that I have in my mind of like movies mm-hmm. and situations of you know uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Good yeah. example. Like the constant fight. Like there's a scene in there. I'm pretty sure it's like ten minutes long where Jack Sparrow is just fighting for ten minutes. <laughs> like in yeah, reality, sword fighting. in reality though, that's got to be a ten second, twenty second thing. A minute thing. I'm maybe. sure that that like there wasn't two men that like parried each other's blows for like ten minutes. That were that good. I would doubt. Yeah, I would anyway. doubt it. So that's why yeah. when that happens, it, I, I imagine in my mind when you see that. Yeah, situation. put yourself in their shoes where literally if you don't block something, you're dead. Like, yeah, that's your only that's your only instinct is you're training on like I have to block this, otherwise I'm dead. Oh, now I'm seeing this come at me. Now I have to block it, otherwise I'm dead. If I yeah. mess it up, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. Those, those close margins. I read a lot of these books, too, yeah. where the scenes are, you know, these guys are good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to put myself in that that situation. And I don't know. Maybe if I, maybe if I trained all my life, I would be incredible. But these guys at the Olympics yeah. train all their life, and they're both training it all their life, and they still hit each other. I'll, t- I'll tell you right seconds. now, those, uh, I tried, I had, went over to a friend's house who had fencing gear. He used to fence in high school yeah. and do it like an outside little club thing. Yeah. And he let me try on the gear and try it against somebody else with another sword as well. Yeah. And the try he tried to show me like the basics and it's a lot tougher than what you think too. Like Oh no, I don't think it's easy. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> so I don't, I, know. I don't I believe I probably have a good When estimation. you grow up and you put like a fake, you know, a toy sword in your hand, you're like, I could do this and it's like no. Well, no you no. want to because no, you think no, it's no. cool, but it's not the same. Anyway, so William Wallace <laughs> took out three of the five. Yes, that and was, his story goes on. This is one of the legends that was passed down. Uh, about William Wallace. It's one of the first most popular ones. Gotcha. Um, no, so who was William Wallace? Uh, we still don't know what he looked like. The only clues we have to his appearance are on the accounts uh, which tell of an arrow scar on his neck and then the general agreement that he was enormous, perhaps even six foot six or more. So he was a really big dude. Yeah. Um, he was also much younger than... He was also much younger than this. He was about 26 years old. Oh, so he's much younger than the depiction of him? Yes. Uh, but where had he come from? Well, a Scottish chronicler named Blind Harry, which I thought was really funny to hear, that the person telling us about William Wallace lived uh, later after his death, mm-hmm. but was recounting his life, as well as the name Blind Harry in the fact that you're recounting what you saw. Gotcha. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> um so he tells us that 
the D. Wallace family, which means it was originally from Wales, settled in Elders Lee, just south of Glasgow. Glasgow. Yes. Uh, you're, you're on it. What? I feel the shakiness in you. You're on it. You're saying those words correctly. You feel the shakiness. <laughs> you're a little unsure there. Sorry. And it's Glasgow. <laughs> you're good. Yes. Uh, they <laughs> were they were minor nobles. Okay. Uh, from descended from Normandy uh, aristoc- aristocracy. Uh, how do you say that? Arist- aristocrats. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah, but that's not the word. But okay. <laughs> I can't see what you're reading. So. And uh, although they thought of themselves as Scottish, they would uh, probably still have spoken French within the family. Hmm. Uh, but here's the weird thing. The only record of Wallace's youth tells us that he was taught by monks. I thought you'd find this interesting. Uh, and that he was going to be a priest. Okay. It's possible because the church uh, was a traditional option for minor nobility without land to inherit. But only physical evidence we have is that Wallace uh, was embarked on a different path. So one of the small little things that we have of him is his seal, his family seal. Mm-hmm. Um which shows Wallace with a bow in his hand. Okay. So he was going to be an archer. That's what that means? Yes. So there, if someone had a seal, uh, like it was of themselves. Oh, okay. So the seal had to represent what they were or who they were? Yes. Okay. Kind of like a part of trade and stuff like that. That'd for be him. cool. I want to um, make my own seal. I know. Me too. <laughs> uh, but we so, know but, from the seal that it was discovered a few years ago it had a bow in the middle of it, that Wallace probably wanted to be an archer probably leaning towards more of the hunting side than like a soldier. Uh, it seems that Wallace was a bit of a tearaway, but became good when history gave him a cause. Mm. So that's kind of that's kind of the roundabout of his origins. Gotcha. So back to Edward. Back to Edward. So once Edward had his hooks in Scotland, he never gave up. Uh, in 1296, his mother, King John Balliol, rebelled. Uh, the Scots assembled, and an army was raided north, uh, raided northern England. Turns out this was just an excuse for Edward. Uh, he was looking for, and he marched north. So there was a small little rebellion that kind of triggered him to go, okay, this is my perfect end to go ahead and fight them. Yeah, and try to take over. Yes. Uh, I wonder how many times that's happened throughout history. What? Fainting to get a, to get an attack and then just as an excuse. Yeah. I feel like, isn't that every war? A strategy. Most every war? Yeah, strategy. Well, he didn't want to look like he was the one coming in and being the conqueror. Yeah. And so, like, this was his, anytime there was a rebellion, this was his chance to go, okay, well, you gave me a reason to come in here. Yeah. <laughs> um. But Edwards decided to make a statement that even shocked English chronicle, chroniclers at the time. Uh, he unleashed thousands of trained soldiers on lightly armed brand, band of civilians. Uh, it was a complete massacre. They say that half the population of Barrack was slaughtered at this town. Mm. Uh, but this was only the beginning. Uh, he defeated the Scottish army and also shut up King Bailey at the Tower of London and then took the Stone of Destiny. Now, have you heard of the Stone of Destiny? I haven't, but, but so just for clarification. Yes. Fainted, came back through town, started slaughtering people. Do we know why he started going all out like that? Was to make a, a statement for the, the rebellion and the, and the people that uh, didn't like his rule, basically. I um, think that's gonna make him like. <laughs> not ma- he wasn't looking for being liked. <laughs> I guess not, but that's he crazy. was looking for making a statement on like, holy crap, we don't want to do anything so, for that to happen to us. So the person who did the rebellion, Bailey or Baylor, Baylo, sorry, I did. Yes. It's okay, I messed up the name. Yes, anyway, King Bailey. King Bailey. He came, basically met him, killed him, 
and then took the king the stone of destiny, which I do not know what that is. Well, the stone of destiny was uh, the symbol of Scottish kinship, so I believe it's just like a giant stone, but it was taken from Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> you took our stone. You took our stone, boys. Uh, back to that was a horrible. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what accent that is. Neither did I. Neither did uh, I. <laughs> Uh, so he took it back to Win- uh, Westminster. 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 Yeah. yeah. Where it remained for 700 years. So he uh, just play- he just yeah. took it and ran. He literally was like spitting on them as he left. Like That's, <laughs> that's mean. I know. Uh, Edward was not a nice guy. Uh, but Edwards believed he had won and that all he had to do was wipe out the nobles to control Scotland. But he was very, very wrong. <laughs> As there's William Wallace named, was going to make cl- very clear I was soon. about to say, there's a, there's a man named William Wallace waiting for you. That's right. King Edward. <laughs> he has no idea. Yeah. His rival's about to rise up. Fight with me, you get to kill the English. <laughs> Fight with me. The Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What is that? These are all from Braveheart. Oh, I don't, know. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that scene. You don't remember? <laughs> no. Oh, That's man. funny, though. Do you have another good one? Play another oh, I've one. I've got lots of good ones. Okay, play, play another good one. Before we let you leave, your commander must cross that field, present himself before this army, put his head between his legs, and kiss his own arse. I do remember <laughs> that one. I do remember, <laughs> do you remember that these? scene. Yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah. Okay, so King Edward's got another thing coming, basically. Yes, he and does. it's William Wallace. So in 1297... William Wallace bursts onto the scene. Uh, the battles mentioned beforehand didn't bring him into the fold, though. A personal grudge did. So this is where we kind of get into the story of uh, the movie. Where his a little bit. wife or girlfriend. Yeah. So, yeah. So Wallace yeah. fell in love with a girl he saw at mass. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was initially, like, instantly smitten with her. She was Marion Bradford from nearby uh, Lamington. Okay. And the story goes that he had a long love affair, and he married Marion, but the English sheriff in town also had his eye on the same girl. Uh, when Wallace got into a skirmish with the man about it, Marion helped him escape into the hills, and out of revenge, the sheriff got really angry and basically killed her. The sheriff? Yes. Is Was he a... He was an English sheriff, yes. Oh, okay, so he wasn't... Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that kind of starts everything. Yeah. Uh, after hearing of the slaughter, Wallace returned in the cover of darkness to wreak his revenge. Uh, the attack was swift and terrible. Wallace went straight to the sheriff's house, surprised him in his bed. So that scene is true. Well, yes. There, one blow from his sword was all it took. And the account says, obviously, like well, more yeah. gruesome details. Like in the documentary, they just tell you everything. They're just like, oh, yeah, he's basically cut from his thing all the way down to his stomach. His just run. one swing. <laughs> Yeah. Like, dude was instantly dead. <laughs> it yeah. was like, wow, uh, intense. But is that yeah. the same? I, there's a, I think there is a, a scene, a scene where he sneaks into someone where they're sleeping. Is that a different? But that's that's a different okay time. That's this is what I put in the, the movie. Okay, so but you're right. I thought of the same exact scene too. Yeah. Uh, but then he had a mace. I don't even know a mace. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he had a mace. Gotcha. In that scene. Um. So killed the sheriff. Yes. But I did not kill the deputy. <laughs> but then Will, Wallace and his followers. Well, actually, he probably does. <laughs> probably ends up killing the deputy. I was, you just had to wait till the next sentence. Uh, <laughs> then Wallace and his followers killed the English at will, sparing only women and priests. 
So mm-hmm. he basically rid the entire town of Engl- any English person at all. Yeah. That's yeah. I don't know how to think what to feel about that. I guess right? I don't have to have a feeling cuz Well, there there's a lot more in the story too that the longer I learned about William, the more that you start seeing the darker side that he was again, it depends on what side you were on. Yeah. Um both it was a very violent and evil time. Well, I mean not evil time, but you know what I'm saying, like it's very violent and dark time. Um I would imagine I would imagine that the sheriff wasn't the only English person that was in that town. I imagine my my assumption would be that people were just living there, civilians, regular people living in the town like as English well. people? Yeah, I would assume. Mm, I don't know. I, I would think that they were like occupancy people. Maybe. I oh. just, if it wasn't, well, if there's children and priests there that were English, I would assume that there's just civilians oh, that you're just right. living there. Living together. Yeah, so then that kind of brings a darker, ooh. Yeah. Well, just, just because they're English. Even thing. more, once you start learning, uh, we get farther into the story, you start realizing, too, that there's a lot of other darker uh, things going on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, like, obviously from the English side, he's seen as, like, a a terror, like a yeah. terrorist almost yeah. to their country. Um and so it kind of depends on what side you're on, whether, like, you support that or not. But obviously it was a very dangerous time, and he was kind of a man of the times is the way they put it, I think. Yeah. In the documentary, he was very violent. He would not waste a second to end your life if you were against him yeah. or English. But he was kind of a man of the times that way. Yeah. That's the way they kind of described it. Um. Yeah, so because of William's success, legend stuck to him like glue. Uh, he was never called... Also, another like little thing. He was never called Braveheart. Um, that name was only given to Robert the Bruce after he died. Uh, after he was died, they actually brought his heart into battle. His brave heart. I put that in quotations. His brave heart into battle. So that's why they gave the other soldier. You mean Robert the Bruce, the name Braveheart. Gotcha. So it wasn't from. It was not William Wallace. Gotcha. No. Um, Title stealers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ruining this movie for me <laughs> i know i'm sorry well then people started flocking to his cause right mm-hmm. um edward was edward the first who was away fighting in france sent an army north to quell the rebellion and wallace who now led the band of once outlaws turned militia uh would meet them halfway mm. so he's already in command of his group of his army yeah his rebellion um what does that take i wonder what do you mean? You just mean like the kind of well, they saw success. I get. I would think too in that same time period, the rebellion. The reason why they're fighting is they believe that they're being oppressed by another government that they yeah. don't believe is theirs, right? But can you imagine? I mean, I, we're we're so lucky in the country we're in currently that it's never been. A, I mean, it's been a thought. But it's never been a thing that's been actualized, really. For yeah. like for me, as like growing up in the time that I've grown up. I've never had to think like, you know, think about that. I know there's other countries and other people that have to think about that with oppression and, you know, dictators and rulers that really, Mm -hmm. you know, silence the people. But if, if that was like that, that inner thought process of just going, you're giving everything to that. Right. So if you're, if you're William Wallace, you're just saying, we're going to make an army. Like you just say it and you do it. Is that, is that a weird thought to have? Like, is that a, no, like that, that, uh, type of motivation or that type of like just balls, I guess. Yeah. To just, you're giving everything you're going, you're actually 
forming a group of people that's going to go and attack and kill and try to defend yeah. you know yourself it, it's just a but weird you also have to realize too to have at the time this english army was seen as almost unstoppable yeah like in the world um so for him to rally a bunch of people that believed enough to know they're going up against one of the the most unstoppable forces in their current age yeah and do it willingly yeah <laughs> is that that proves what a dynamic and charismatic leader he was regardless i mean again he may have been not he's not a squeaky clean person yeah but he had something that people followed do you know was, how many cuz like i i try to initially. picture it in 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 like stadiums right like mm. can you imagine a stadium full of people just going like that's the army can you imagine that yeah like just standing in an open field or battling like that yeah, when man. they say numbers like 20,000 men like when we talked about it's uh, hard to picture those Attila numbers the hun yeah like mm-hmm. Attila the hun there was i think we said 500,000 was a realistic number that he Jeez. had like, can you imagine that no. many people i can't that's that's too many i like, can't I in my head I just can't like I can't imagine what that would look like. So I just I wonder how many people they had um during this fight and Yeah, rebellion. for the rebellion, I don't yeah. know. That's a good question. Uh and especially initially. But it takes a certain type of, you know. Yeah. oomph to do it. But Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Basically so, what he's doing. Yeah. Basically what he's doing. But uh yeah, so it happens at one of these very key locations that basically become legendary, and it's called Sterling Bridge. Have you heard of the Battle of Sterling Bridge? I have not. Okay. So, basically, it's one of those rules of war that, like, it's kind of funny to think back now about. But um, to get into Scotland, there's literally, like, a, a lone bridge mm-hmm. to get in. Like, there's a way that they have to go through, and they're tunneled in. It's a narrow bridge that crosses, a, like, a murky river like a bog area. Mm-hmm. And this is where Wallace decides if he's going to stop him at all from taking Scotland, he, they're going to have to stop him there. Yeah. Cause that's like the bottleneck. Yeah. Which is a perfect like strategic point for him to fight, uh, especially a larger army. Yeah. Like that's definitely a smart strategic move. Um, I think I'm about to pull a 300. And just <laughs> well, Sterling bridge in 1297, the bridge held the key to the long holds of the highlands. If the English were going to go take the Scot, if they were going to go take Scotland, they had no choice but to cross it. Uh, the English outnumbered the Scots ten to one. Um, the English army was regarded as an unstoppable force, but Wallace was a hell of a leader. So apparently, the English sent people to Wallace for peace. He sent couriers over to mm-hmm. try to see if they could stop it. Uh, they came back with a message, and Wallace said, "We didn't come for peace." We came for revenge against our country. And so they went ahead with the fight. Uh, The bridge was narrow and surrounded by a thick bog. Um, The English thought that Wallace would wait to fight until they were all over the bridge and could line up, like, you know, military tradition says. Uh, But they didn't quite do that. It kind of happened in a completely different way because Wallace was not a normal leader. I would suspect so. The most the most legendary ones seem to be the ones that go out of the way to do something different. That's right. So to find out what happens, you have to listen after this ad break. <sighs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll be back after this ad break. If there's going to be an ad, we'll yeah. see. Maybe we don't know. No, yet. we don't know. Thank you for listening to that ad break. 
if there was an ad there. We're so on our oats, as we've been saying the last few podcasts. That's right. Um, we make a, a cut there. So for the future, if, you know, we hey. know you guys are waiting. We know you guys are waiting for that one ad to pop <laughs> up there. It's like, yeah, if, you're, if I'm <laughs> listening every time. You're just like, come on, man. Come on, guys. Come, come on. on, guys. Uh, um, but we're so on our oats. So that's why we do a cut break there. And if there's not an ad, that's okay. We're just yeah. going to act like we kept talking. And we're talking about Sir William Wallace. Sir and, William Wallace. And right now we are at the bridge. Yes, we're right where they're at, Sterling, Sterling Bridge. bridge. Um, and the English are coming. They have <laughs> the to cross. The English are coming. <laughs> right. And Sir William Wallace and his rebellion force is all that's stopping them from entering Scotland. Entering Scotland again. That's right. Um, so. They sent couriers over, you mentioned. Yeah, basically, William Wallace said, go get fucked. Yep. <laughs> and so the English were like, well, we're happy to oblige. Yeah. We're the biggest, <laughs> baddest people here. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right. And this is casual history. This is how we do it. But, uh, but, 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 yes. but, he did not fight in the atypical manner of line up no. and go at it. Well, there was a right way to do things. There was a, a book of war, right? There yes. There was a, a, a law. That's right. There were traditions, traditions. And things that you was had the word to do. I was looking for. Things you had to do in war that I think are crazy to think of war now nowadays. But uh, they were a bit more. <laughs> well, it seemed like from everything again I've read, it seemed like they were a bit more um, civilized about it. Where it's not civilized. Okay, it's not a civilized act, mm-hmm. but a civilized manner of we're going to stand here like men. We're going to walk across <laughs> it, across this river, and we're going to attack each other. It was definitely a more controlled um, environment to fight in. And then if, if you win, you know you won. The, you know, the murkiness <laughs> but, but of you, the every man for but himself. But what is winning? War is, I know, you, you know, know what, what I mean? I'm saying, though, but if you win the battle, right. if you win the battle, sure. and you're, you're going to take the castle, mm-hmm. right? You go, you, you kill the army. And they you surrender, you take the castle. You right. know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a one, two, three there. It's not a, oh, you get inside the castle, and then there's random pick-offs of people, you know, like the America when... Right. Like, get with the time, boomer, Guerrilla warfare know? wasn't a thing, really. <laughs> I know, but... But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... Uh, exactly. That was... There was definitely a point in time where you it never was, know. It was a lot more controlled environment. You could go, okay, we're going to meet you on this hill, so we're going to have the height advantage. We know we're going to be... Then we can strategically plan out a battle when we see the other people there. Rules of engagement. Sorry yes. to interrupt. That was the the line I was looking for. Continue. Correct. Yeah, so there's a bit more civil, civilized um, r- rules to go against. But uh, so he didn't oblige. Oblige. Yes. <laughs> William Wallace, uh, they underestimated him. He was not that kind of man. Uh, so basically they waited and they baited them across the bridge. Okay. So... The full force of the English came over the bridge. Uh, about I think it, they said about uh, three fourths of them came over. So they Didn't were still not ready. They were like blow got, up the bridge. Well, no, they, they actually surrounded them. They? Okay. We, they surrounded the small force and cut them off from retreating, hmm. separate from the entire army. And they weren't lined up. They weren't ready for a fight yet. Yeah. Um, and basically slaughtered them all. Yeah. Um, so yes, William Wallace won that fight. Uh, yeah. At Sterling Bridge. At Sterling Bridge. But it was like a huge victory against basically Goliath. To prove they could be beaten. Yes. And it seems like a very simple strategy. But again, there are rules of engagement that he didn't follow. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
I mean, if I was backed against the wall, I'm not going to be playing by any rules. I, I, I get that. Yeah. But Wallace was like a street fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was not, he's not going to play by your rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Chronicler says that about 5,000 Englishmen died. Uh, mm. The victory was against all the odds. Wow. Um, when Wallace decided, uh, after he'd won, he decided that next time he wasn't going to fight here at home, just defending. He was going to take the fight to them. So he got bolder. Yeah. He he, yeah, got a little ego. Well, he, he thought the next fight he would have would be on their own turf. Um, the English hated Wallace. To them, he was a terrorist who had broken the chivalrous, chival, chivalrous rules. God, I can't even say it's it. It's okay. Um, a battle. Right. And what happened next seems to confirm that Wallace had a much darker side. On his way to the English... He brought fury like the likes the English had never seen. Hmm. Um, burned down monasteries. Again, these are all like off-limits things. Sacred things. Yeah. yeah. Burned down monastery. He There's literally accounts of him laughing as monks were drowned right in front of him. Yeah. Um, he slaughtered, I mean, raped women, children, yeah. his army as he went through scorched hmm. earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. The English accused Wallace explicitly and effectively, uh, ethnic cleansing. Yeah. That's what they accused him of. Anybody that spoke English, he killed. Yeah. Didn't matter who you were. Um, so was Wallace a national hero or a war criminal? That's the real question. And so it depends on what side you're on. Yeah. It. My thought, I have no, again, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know, but my sense would be after you get done Claim reclaiming what was yours, mm-hmm. and then you go further. That further step might be an overreach into the darks, into the the bloodlust. Yeah, you know. But it's gray. Is it gray? Well, a little. <laughs> I mean, like it almost feels like okay. Clear your land. You fight for your land. Defend your land that you feel like is yours. Right. And then it becomes more this, about revenge. It begins more about taking that you're making a point. Yeah, that point gets a little. Maybe it gets lost in the. Yeah, but again, restating what the uh historians say he was he was a brutal man he was a he was a big dude um at the time would not hesitate yeah to take you out in battle he was not one of those soft-hearted people but again he kind of and there were obviously these stories and stuff about him i wonder who i mean who wrote writes the stories no that's also exactly that that there are a lot of people they said um, Robin Hood was one of the most popular stories at the time, even yeah. at the time frame. And because of his bow, it's possible that like they could have, say, uh, embellished the story of his love story that started him on mm-hmm. this whole journey and gave him his own Marion, you know, because in Robin Hood, I guess there's Marion yeah. um, that he's married to. So, like, again, they tried heaping their hopes of, like, hey, this is our national symbol yeah, going forward for, like, the fighting spirit of Scotland. Yeah, well, if if you are a Scot Scottish at that point in time, yeah. you need a symbol. You need something like if you're needing, if you're oppressed, you're yeah. needing a symbol. No matter if the symbol is brutal, and sure. kind of you just put it around him, a cloak around him to kind of use him as a symbol to, sure. to move forward. So, and yeah, they have statues sense. of him. I believe that there's like a day where they like literally like have school off and things. Yeah, like, like that. Christopher Columbus Day, which is bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. that's that kind of thing. Yes, but they have like a day for him and stuff no like that. No one's black and white, I think, you know? No. So there, there's some gray for William Wallace that I think all histor- everyone should allow for. Yeah. Um, 
But so he overreaches, I would assume. He or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wins up winning. But he goes into to to the English territory, starts tearing down scorched earth style. Yes. On his way to was he going for Edward alone? Like was he going to try to kill Edward? I think his plan was to take to meet him at his front porch. Yes. Wow. Okay. But uh I don't think he made it there, but his battles that he did win around the towns and stuff like that in northern England. Yeah. He had won. Um, obviously in very brutal fashion. Yeah. And uh when he got back from his campaign, he was knighted. And so he then he became Sir William Wallace and was made guardian of Scotland. So that official title means that in the absence of the king, if he goes anywhere, if he dies of anything, he's the sole power. Like he is the king of Scotland. Makes sense. It's like it almost feels like the right hand man that you need like he's the the war general, you know, yeah. the, the the high ranking st- like mythic figure of a war general that if something were to happen, this dude's got our back type thing. You want Sir William yeah. Wallace leading the charge. But it gave so, him absolute power. Yeah. Um, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Are you about to try to uh, tell no, me? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you tell me. Um, well, so far, uh, he makes it back, so I don't yeah. know what happens. So far, okay, well, it's after this that the King Edward finally realizes that it occurs to him that the only way he's going to defeat Wallace is if he personally comes down and leads the army against him himself. Hmm. He feels like there's a personal thing between Vendetta, them. yeah. Right. Um, as the English army was advancing up uh, the 4th, they meet Wallace at uh, Philkirk. Okay. Who, again, um, Wallace this whole time knew that the English were coming up again, and so he was kind of doing some scorched earth tactics where he would burn the food, resources, try to cut off the yeah. lines, and it almost worked. It almost did. By the time they got to him in Philkirk, though, um, they were kind of like half starved um, and stuff like that, but they were basically on the run. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But then something happened, and historians don't even know why, but for some reason, Wallace and his army decided to stop and fight. Because the whole time they've been keeping them on the run. Right. Fighting, them, running, running. Fighting, hit, run, uh, hit run. Also, yeah, like burning down anything they could use yeah. along their way. And for some reason, he decides he's going to stand and fight there. He thought that was the move. He thought they were probably weak enough. And historians in the town as well are very confused. Like, there's no historical markers for this this fight that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, It's around the city. Um, There's, like, several places that were highlighted in the documentary, but they're all completely different and for different reasons. No one really knows the true area that it happened in. Really? But they know that this battle did happen. But if there's a battle, wouldn't there be... You would think so, Bodies, right? Bodies, yeah. leftover, something. But there's that... a lot of confusion about it. True. Uh, what side of the town? They know what happened in the town. They don't know what side of the town, what area of the hills. Do you think they could find it through excavation? Like Maybe. Digging? Like, wouldn't there be a lot of bodies? You, you, I would assume. You know? Like, in a certain spot. But anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. No, that's true. But uh, I guess in one of the accounts, the chroniclers uh, say something about fighting like near mountains or something like that gives like a really vague thing Mm -hmm. and so that could be in multiple areas but anyways um yeah for some reason he decides he's gonna fight uh the english sent wave after wave across the boggy ground and then two things happened that changed the course of that day in wallace's reputation firstly the scots nobility that had made up his cavalry just up and left just decided to leave right in the middle of the battle 
Um, secondly, the English brought their new secret weapon, which had never been used before, the longbow. Longbow. Yes. Um, so, of course, the English, yeah, basically destroyed them. Um, why while, would so that scene also from the yes. movie is correct where the guys with the cavalry just leave? Sure, is there, there a reason why? Well, Were they a just lot afraid? Of, they just didn't feel like they could do it, and Wallace thought we could, and then he didn't have everyone backed. Like, what was well, this is this is, is again, this is up for interpretation, but the people in the documentary were basically like, um, it's easy to look back on history and be like, oh, they left because they were cowardice and they left good people behind and stuff like that. Yeah. But it also could have been that they knew that, the, yeah, like it was, there was not a winning fight and that Wallace was why putting himself on the line for it. On? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Nobody knows why. Um, maybe he thought that he had the advantage because again, they were half starved that their campaign had weakened them enough that he could like stop right there and take them out. Yeah. Uh, and give them the final blow a little bit. But yeah, no one really knows why. But the noblemen left, mm. like right in the middle of battle. Um, well, yeah. See, but right in the middle, that seems cheap. Yeah. To not leave before. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, if the battle started and then you leave, that that was something. He was getting screwed. Yeah. Something happened. Like you don't just leave in the middle of a battle unless you're terrified that you don't want to die. Sure. Or you're screwing someone on purpose. Which it could be. They could be very possible. Yeah. It feels like one of those two options. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know what another option is, but that's interesting. Yeah. So basically, did he die? Does he die there then? Is that where he no. dies? No. Wallace actually escapes with his life, mm. but 10,000 of his men didn't. Wow. So, yes, a very big defeat. Um, Wallace then kind of hid out in the forest of Selkirk until he could regroup. Was he Robin Hood? Uh, <laughs> was he Robin Hood? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they if basically the story said, was there at the time. Then it they would, basically said that um, he kind of turned almost into, because he was regrouping and didn't have an army at the time, that he kind of turned into a kind of politician in a weird way, like yeah. a very loose cannon one. Yeah. Um, I think at one point he reached out to the Pope for help, which is like this, it's the same thing as like reaching out to the United Nations now. Yeah. Uh, without the King of Scotland or the nobleman's consent. Yeah. So that's the kind of power he had and influence is that he could do that. But he was still on the run, I would assume, because I would assume that King Edward was like if if they yes, beat the army, they were there. They were they were in the in the world that he for, was trying to sure. protect. So uh, but he was in hiding. Um but yeah, so the real interesting part of the story is that he's actually betrayed by a Scot. It wasn't an Englishman that turned him in. Mm. It was a Scot that did. Someone told where he was at? Yeah, in 1305. Wow. Uh, I believe it said something for, like, a bribe, like money. Yeah. Um, it probably, he probably had a bounty. Right. So, after being captured, he's brought to London. So, this is obviously where that famous scene is near the it's end. It's a long trek. It's a, it's a long trek, especially for Wallace after they take him in. Uh, but, yeah, so... Uh, he was silent as he was brought before the court. He was brought before the king and everybody and all the English noblemen um, and was accused of like line after line of crimes. Yeah. Um, but was silent through the whole thing. Straight face. This is this is the story. He was, he was straight face through the whole thing until the crime came down to, um, what was it? 
he they accused him of treason. And then he spoke up, and the only words he said was, um, he couldn't have done that because he never pledged loyalty loyalty to anyone but the true king of Scotland. So again, spitting in their face. But again, this this court gesture was to humili- humiliate him, not really to give some sort of justice yeah. or some hearing for this. Like they knew he was going to die. Yeah, they were basically just trying to bring him before, humiliate him in front of everybody. Yeah. Um. But yes, and so he was sen- sentenced to death, of course. Right. Um. So is it a long torture scene? <sighs> yes. Uh. Even the historians and documentary listed it out. I didn't want to like write down every single thing that happened, but I could tell you the bullet points. Yeah, just which are very brutal. So he he was tortured, I would assume. Well, the first thing they did was from the courthouse, they tied his feet to two horses and dragged him through the streets. Um, these were cobblestone streets, and legend says that he didn't pass out, which is a miracle, hitting his head on the pavement the whole way that he wasn't knocked out from it. Um but I, they called it like dragged, hanged, and quartered. Hmm. Uh, the saying. Yeah. So then they hung him, and while he was hung, they cut him open. So he wasn't laying on like a thing like in the movie. Uh, yeah. So he was hanging while they cut him open, and they do all the crazy stuff and chop off certain bits of him and stuff, stuff like that. That's horrible. Yeah. So definitely a slow, very painful death <sighs> for him. See, but, that's the, you, yeah. you're risking everything. Yeah. And so I think they ended up putting his head what, he on say Scotland, anything? or London Bridge. Does he say anything of note? Like, is the Freedom Line fake too, I would assume? Well, that's that's definitely for the movie, man. Well, I mean, I couldn't help, but, you know, you yeah. never know. No, it didn't say anything Some about it. Are, <laughs> but uh so on the you know, nose with some of those movies that you never know. I, could, I couldn't have guessed. Maybe Freedom was real. Yeah. No, I, you don't have that sign. I don't video. think so. I don't. Okay. <laughs> Which the really class- sucks. Yeah, that's the classic one. You don't have that. That's crazy. I don't. I know. That's well, okay. All um, I know is it's just. Pain. Those are pain. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's from Night's Tale. I know. That's I funny. have a, vol- a whole bunch of quotes movie. in here. <laughs> a different movie completely, yeah. but that's okay. I still love Night's uh, Tale. Yeah, me too, man. It just makes me happy hearing a quote from it. So that's the story of Sir William Wallace. Yes. Is and there so any was, other good p- point of notes that we should reference? I don't think so. I think <laughs> I that... switched those words. Any good <laughs> references we should make note of? Um, no, but I mean, like, obviously you could do more research on it. All yeah. I know is that uh, obviously his his life, like, the very fine details are hazy. Yeah. Um, and you don't know what's legend or not. The, the person, Blind Harry, uh, they said wrote it. Was he a um, Scot? Who? Blind Harry? Yeah. Was he a Scot or was he English? I I think he was a Scot. Whoever writes history is really the one in power. So I would be curious to know. Yeah. I wonder if Blind Harry was a Scot. I believe he was. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but he was also like he wrote this like 50 years after Wallace had died. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Probably. Um, I would assume too. It's probably uh, hush hush. Like I, I would assume you don't make a history of it making the guy seem okay if... If he son, if King Edward was alive, like during the time of King Edward, that happened. He's dead. I would assume if you're a historian, you don't go. You know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to say this guy wasn't that bad, and that he did all these things for a just cause or whatever the reason was that you know Blind Harry put in there. I mean, I I'm just sure be curious it's to know. slided. 
I'm sure yeah. it's slighted. And also, you like it's hard to tell even then. Like historians' job are trying to separate um, myth from like reality, right? Yeah. Like who knows how much stuff was placed upon him story wise to make him larger than life, to make him that symbol that Scotland needed. Yeah. Um, at the time. So like even the story about the fishing, like we don't know if that's real. There's no like proof that oh, that's real. here's the fish. No, like there's no that's proof. It's definitely <laughs> gotta be real. Uh there's no proof about this. It's gotta be real, Jake. But <laughs> but he was the one that did lead a rebellion against them and be kind of became that symbol for the country. Yeah. Became Sir William Wallace. Sir William Wallace. That's right. And you well, called him that earlier, and I almost said, not sir yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but yeah, he was knighted later on. Yes. I just know him, uh, know him as Sir William Wallace. Of course. Everybody calls him Sir William. Well, good podcast, Jake. Good, interesting story. Good figure. Um, well, thanks. <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah. I learned a little bit that I did not know. Did you? So, but it is quite similar to the movie, which is It is very quite similar. Um, but there, I always... Um, embellishments are made by movies. Yeah, embellishments, stories, like uh, side plots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of does capture a little bit of that, but I, there was some interesting stuff in there I didn't know. Yeah. I'm um, good thought, to hear the real um, figures of him being a big person, that kind of thing. You don't know. You know, I never sure. knew from the movie, Is did he, this is what he looked like? Did he right. actually All you see is this? Mel Gibson yeah. looking like William Wallace, which, <laughs> but like, yeah, to find out he was like a 6'6" huge but the also the thing that surprised me was the the horse thing like that the, that the people actually left him like that actually was a thing that happened what that people uh people ran off during the the last battle oh yes like that being a real thing actually, actually yeah the nobles did well. turn around remember there was a point in the movie where he yeah. like turns to the king and like is just like, looking at him and he yeah. turns away yeah oh, god it's such a good movie yeah but um, um i don't yeah. want to Speak bad of Mel Gibson, but you know, oh, it's gonna get no. bad here. So we no. don't we won't touch it. We won't touch it at all. Anyway, no. good good <laughs> podcast, Jake. Thank Thanks, you man. guys for listening, everyone. Um for those who don't know, keep up with us on social media, casual X history. Jacob's diving in there. There's been a lot more posts of cool, interesting stuff on Twitter specifically. I've been seeing articles and random cool things that he's been posting. That's right. So if you want to just be a nerd with us and learn Random stuff every day, yeah. different articles we're posting. It's not just the podcast. Um, that's right. We're trying to make this, that's part of the whole thing we're trying to make bigger. We're trying to just post stuff we enjoy, and a lot of it is just history articles and random pieces of knowledge. So go check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Um, a lot more, a lot of new content is coming and some cool stuff we've been working Heck on. Yeah, so. I'm really excited about all that stuff. Yeah, me too. All right. Yeah. Until next time. All right. Until next time. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you.